Witness protection can't erase his past. This is Nailgun Messiah, the first book in the Micah Reed series. One novel, read to you a chapter at a time. Join us each week for a new installment of the story and get the book at jimheskett.com forward slash nailgun podcast. And now, the host and author, Jim Heskett. Hello friends and welcome back to Nailgun Messiah Podcast, the most amazing, life-changing, inspirational podcast you have ever experienced. Welcome to the show. I'm very glad you're here. I'm going to stop talking in my annoying radio announcer voice now. So I just want to say what's up everybody. Uh, I hope your week is going well. I hope you're able to now cope with only hearing these shows every couple days. If you miss me, you know, you can always go to jimheskett.com and check out what's going on there and um, I'm on Facebook, I'm, I'm on Twitter, and I don't really like Twitter, I don't post there much. Instagram and Google Plus and all that other shit. Yeah, I'm there too, but mostly Facebook. And um, So I post fun stuff on my author page on Facebook sometimes. Anyway, so I'm not going to do a whole lot of yada yada at the beginning of the show, just to tell you that there are two days left for you to enter the giveaway to have a character in um, my next book, named after you, well not my next book, but the book that's coming out in September 2016, hopefully September 2016, I'm, I'm still working on getting it finished, and if you want to do that, you can go to jimheskett.com forward slash contest and sign up there and uh, for a chance to win, and then if you refer your friends, you get additional entries, how cool is that? Pretty cool is the answer to that question. And like I said, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time with the yada yada, so I'm just gonna we're gonna get into the reading pretty quickly, and I just want to give everybody a little heads up because it's been a couple days. Just some reminders about what we're gonna be reading today. We're gonna read two different scenes, uh, a Lila scene and a um, a Micah scene. And in the Lila scene, we're gonna meet a character that's been talked about before, but we've only seen him once, and we're actually gonna hear him speak today. And then in the Micah scene. Um, Micah is going to hang out with Rodney, and if you remember, Rodney was the member of the house that, that Micah met right after Lila had hit um, Micah's sister, Magda, and when Micah asked Rodney why Rodney lived in the house, all Rodney said was that Lila was helping him. So we're going to get a little bit deeper, pull back the layers of the onion, peel them, no, you, you peel it and you don't pull it, Jim. Anyway, so we're going to get in a little bit of that, and as always, there's a scene break in the reading, so I'll be quiet for a couple seconds and don't freak out. Do not adjust your television set. So now here we go with this week's installment of Nailgun Messiah. Lila tilted Micah's driver's license in her hand, flicking her thumb back and forth across the laminated corner. As her skin connected with the plastic, she imagined a bacteria from the license leaping under her flesh, embedding itself, feeding on her cells to thrive and multiply. She tried not to think about it, focus on the task at hand. Behind her, reclining in a chair near her bed, Eagle sighed. He was whittling a stick of wood, probably into another flute. He was always making pointless things that served no purpose. She couldn't see him, but the flicking of the knife against wood filled her ears. Shick, shick, shick. You're not letting those wood shavings gather on my floor, are you? I have a trash can here, Eagle said in his deep and throaty voice. Relax. With Micah's ID in hand, she scribbled in the last of the fields to complete his application to visit the prison. 
Then, she turned her attention back to her laptop at the unfinished website they'd been building and perfecting for months. Is it ready? Eagle said. I think so. I'm not sure what else I can do. The whittling halted and she could feel his eyes boring into the back of her head, heat from the glare making the base of her scalp warm. Then why haven't you activated it? She spun in her chair to face him. The acne scars on his face repulsed her, but there was something about the blackness of his eyes that she'd always found intriguing, like looking into a cave below ground, deep into nothingness, a place scary and safe at the same time. Maybe we should wait until Cyrus comes home. It's not even three weeks now. Eagle lifted his cylindrical carving and held it to eye level, checking the straightness. If he finds out you've delayed the launch, he won't be pleased. Aren't we already past the date? And she knew Eagle was right. They should have activated the True Mana website a week ago. Cyrus's release date was March 13th, the same day as the Frozen Dead Guys Days festival began in town. While Nederland flooded with tourists from Denver and all over the nearby states who wanted to come out to see the freak show and drink high-altitude beer, she would be transporting Cyrus home. For the first time in many years, she would see him in street clothes, a prospect that seemed foreign. So much patience required. Through the appeals and parole hearings, through all the awkward visits in Lyman Correctional Facility, where she was allowed to touch him exactly twice and no kissing, no celebration, no expressing their love. Cyrus's patience had always given her strength. She didn't want to disappoint that great man by delaying the website any longer. But then, she thought about what Eagle had said, if he finds out. How would Cyrus find out unless Eagle told him? She angled in her chair to study the Indian. Would he tell Cyrus she'd been hesitant, and would Cyrus forgive her for it? Eagle met her eyes, then raised an eyebrow. You don't seem happy, he said. She let out a hiss through clenched teeth. She turned back to her laptop without answering him, but she could still feel him watching her, observing her. She let the tension roll out of her shoulders and exhaled. Being suspicious of Eagle was silly. Aside from Cyrus, there was no one in the world that she relied upon more. Something unrelated was going on to make her wary of this person she trusted, but she couldn't pinpoint that thing. I am happy, she said, although she didn't believe it. He's coming home soon. I just haven't been sleeping well the last few nights. She stared at the checkbox on the website builder on her laptop. Test mode on, it read, with the box checked. When she unchecked that box, the True Mana website would be live to the world. It would become real, and people everywhere would see it. When this website goes out to the world, she said, everything will change. Everyone will know us. It may be infamy or maybe joyousness, but nothing will ever be the same. They'll say we're a cult. Anger flared. We are not a cult, she said through bared teeth. He sighed, not biting on her show of anger. He folded the blade of the knife and put it away. Are you worried about what that increased attention will do to our friend down in the basement? She worried about that every moment of every day, but didn't want Eagle to think she was afraid. She waved a dismissive hand. No, it's not that. We've been as careful as humanly possible. Then what? Lila honestly didn't know. She rested her hand below the trackpad and moved the mouse cursor to hover over the test mode checkbox. They had to locate the faithful out there in the world. 
the 144,000 who would be chosen. And when the Lamb Cyrus returned from exile to rediscover his home, he would show them the way. She unchecked the box. Micah and Rodney hiked as far up the trail behind the house as they could before they had to don their snowshoes. The snow was packed enough in the lower parts of the trail that they'd only needed boots, but now they were sinking into the softer drifts as they gained elevation. Rodney pointed to a couple rocks at the side of the trail and unbuckled his backpack. He already seemed a bit out of breath, but handling it better than Micah had been. I've never been snowshoeing before, Micah said as he lifted the plastic and metal things that were strapped to his pack. His chest pounded. I love it, Rodney said. Being out here in the pure white snow, the cold and the quiet, I think I like it better than hiking even. You do this growing up? Nope. Where I grew up, it's flat and hot. That's why I think I won't ever get sick of these mountains. Just think about it. Tectonic plates colliding, forcing the earth to rise thousands of feet. It's pretty sensational. True. Micah dropped the snowshoes on the ground and studied them for a minute. There were trays for the heels of his feet, and some kind of strap system was supposed to go over the top of his foot, but he couldn't tell how to put it on from looking at it. A little help here, Micah said as he fumbled with the straps. Rodney cleared his throat and knelt down in front of Micah to help get his feet into the snowshoes. When Rodney was done, he looked up, his face only a few inches from Micah's. A second of awkwardness hung there, as if Rodney had wanted to say something, but the moment quickly evaporated as Rodney got to his feet and retreated a step. It's going to feel weird at first. You have to take bigger strides. Micah extended his collapsible hiking poles to 125 millimeters, then buckled his backpack and cinched it tight to his body. He took a couple practice steps in a circle, and it felt like he was trying to walk with clown-sized sandals dangling from his feet. I see what you mean. But now we can blaze our own trail without going knee-deep. It's about to get fun. Rodney stamped up the side of the hill, barely sinking into the snow as he batted down a thin path for Micah to follow. Micah kept his own steps inside Rodney's tracks because he wasn't sure about tramping off into the snowy wilds yet. Under that snow could be rocks or shrubs or any number of things to catch his ankles. Today was Saturday, which meant they were not allowed to do any work and not permitted to go into town to shop or eat at restaurants. Saturdays were for quiet reflection and independent Bible study. Lila had been in a foul mood the last few days, but when Rodney had asked her if she minded him and Micah hiking, she'd shrugged her approval. The men could plan activities together, but not men and women together. And Micah had made no progress with Magda. His sister avoided him at work, as did Hannah. They were both determined to follow these silly house rules at any place or any time, like monks with a ridiculous vow of intergender silence. Rodney hiked at an angle, traversing a few hundred yards at a slight rise, then he would turn sharply and hike back the other way, slowly increasing their elevation with each dog-leg bend. His pace was relentless. Micah considered himself to be in decent shape for a guy pushing 30 and who didn't get to the gym that often, but this activity was exhausting him more quickly than he'd anticipated. After the fourth or fifth turn, he stopped, leaned on his poles, gasping for air. Need a break? Rodney said, barely seeming winded. Micah nodded, trying to settle down. Each inhale of the frigid air burned his lungs. Has Lila always made breakfast every day? Usually. She's a great cook, isn't she? Just wait until she makes Belgian waffles. You'll dream about them for days. 
Enough of the small talk. Micah glanced back at the house and figured they were far away enough that they could talk openly. These people who come over for Bible study, what's their story? Are they believers? Mm, some of them. Some want to know what goes on at this house they've heard about, so they show up, listen to Lila interpret the scripture, and then they may or may not come back. Curious people. We encourage them to come back, but there's no fuss if they don't. Does Lila let them join if they want? Rodney made a face and tilted his head from side to side. Mm, depends on what you mean by join, I suppose. The simple answer is no. She'd rather turn someone away than accept them. I know it seems strange that we're so selective since we're trying to save people, but you have to trust that there's a method to it. Most people, they're just not worthy. Rodney swatted a hand at his backpack until he found the tube for his camelback, then popped the spout in his mouth and took a few sips. Is it good to be with your sister again? Would be if I could talk to her. Rodney gave a knowing smile. Lila keeps the rules close to her heart, and she's not one to bend very often. There's a method to that, too. Micah studied him. He and Rodney hadn't spent much time together, but Micah thought he detected a hint of understanding and sympathy in Rodney's tone. Or maybe not. Micah couldn't figure this guy out. We're not getting the website traffic she expected, apparently, Rodney said. Micah thought he'd give Rodney a little test. Is that why she's been such a bitch? Rodney giggled, and Micah knew he'd made the right move. Yeah, you could say that, Rodney said. Rodney wasn't fully invested, despite the way he talked about Lila. Micah decided to push it a bit farther. The day I got here, she hit Magda, backhanded her right in front of me. Rodney darkened, and Micah worried that he might be shutting down, preparing to trot out the company line. It's best to let those things go. All I can say is that it happens sometimes. But why does it happen? I haven't been at the house long enough to know what it was like before Cyrus went to prison, but I understand he used to do things differently. He's getting out soon, and for all I know, everything may change. I can only hope that if it does, it's for the better. I, I believe it will, because he's a good man. Man, Micah said, I thought he was the Lamb of God. Rodney looked even more uncomfortable now. Micah decided to take a chance and dive deeper. Why are you here, Rodney? Rodney sighed at the snow-covered branches of the trees surrounding them. He smiled at the sun peeking over the mountains, throwing yellow across the white. I like to snowshoe. No, why are you at the house? You said Lila was helping you. Rodney took a few more sips from his camelback. For most of my life, I've had these urges that aren't natural. I don't want to have them anymore. Urges? What kind of urges could he be talking about? The revelation came over Micah suddenly, and he could have smacked himself for not seeing it sooner. You're praying the gay away. The comment had slipped out, but Rodney didn't seem to take offense to it. But I'm not gay, that's the thing. That's what she's helping me see. The answers are all there in the Bible, it's just a matter of interpreting it all correctly. Micah had seen gay men pretending to be straight before. His best friend, the one who died during his time in the cartel, had been gay and had come out not long before he died. And now, thinking of that friend whose name he'd sworn he would never say out loud again, a moment of sorrow pressed down on him. He wished he could get to an AA meeting, but didn't know if that would be within the rules. 
He hadn't been to one in nearly two weeks and could feel the itch in the back of his brain swelling. Why are you here, Micah? Rodney looked at him with an intensity that Micah didn't know how to interpret. He couldn't tell if Rodney was on his side, and if he wasn't, how much Rodney might spill to Lila. I'm trying to understand my own faith, Micah said. Seemed like an answer that Rodney might buy, plus it had a grain of truth in it. Rodney considered this for a minute, then he readied his hiking poles. I've been there. Shall we? Micah gestured with his poles for Rodney to lead, so they fell back into step. After a couple minutes, Micah asked, Is there a library in town? Why do you want to go to a library? There are things I need to look up on the internet, and since Lila took my phone... Rodney stopped and faced Micah, adopted a grave look. It's not a good idea. It's best if you leave the internet alone and get what you need from the book. We'll all be happier that way. Rodney spun and continued up the hill, and they finished their hike mostly in silence. Same with the return route. When they reached the house, Rodney dropped his snowshoes on the porch and mumbled something about taking a shower, so Micah went inside separately. He paused in the den, stretched his aching hamstrings when the sound of soft weeping carried into the room. He looked around, but heard nothing else. The weeping returned a soft and sporadic moan of anguish. Micah followed the sound down the hallway toward Lila's room. He cautiously approached her open door and froze when he could see inside. Lila, on her bed, clutching a letter in her hands, streams of tears dipping, dripping down onto the pages. All right, friends, that is it for this episode's installment. I keep trying wanting to say week, but as I said before, I'm going to do my best to post these twice a week. So that's it for this half of the week's installment. And that sounds terrible. I'm not going to say that anyway. So I'm just going to say week because it, it makes more sense and it feels right. Anyway, that's it for this week's installment. I really thank you guys for uh, tuning in. I would really, really uh, like for you, if you enjoyed the show, please go on iTunes and leave, rate, and review the show. Tell your friends about the show. That's how we can keep it going. Share it on social media. Go stand um, on your street corner and shout about how much you like the show and that everyone should check it out. And if you do that, then we will all end up in paradise. So thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's installment of Nailgun Messiah. Be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Don't deprive them of this show. Go to www.jimheskit.com forward slash nailgunpodcast for information and we'll see you next week.